Well, you if know, you if you look at it as an investment target, then yes, it's a shitcoin, of course. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, I don't care. But if you look at it from its social impact, then it's quite the opposite. Hello and welcome to DeFire, your local crypto storytelling podcast. My name is Jonas and today on the show we hear the story of this tall, multi-talented individual. I'm Ola Brenzikofer. I'm uh, an electrical engineer, musician and father. <laughs> By the way, the music you are hearing right now, that's Alan's jazz band, The Footprints. But I wanted to talk with Alan for another reason something that is more down my alley. We want to create a new money which is issued as a basic income. And we don't accept the central authority to do that. A community issued basic income? Yes, that's right. If you live in Zurich, you can get money for free. Of course I have to try this out. Is it possible to pay with Loi here? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, nice. Any recommendations? They are very, very good. Oh, with wow. The caramel salad. That looks good. Yeah, they are really good. Or coffee. I don't have a coffee machine. Okay. Some people even were hesitating to spend the loy, saying, I have a bad conscience. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, take enrich advantage. myself, take yeah. advantage, because they offer that. Uh -huh. and, and then I have to say, well, why do you think they are giving you this as a present? They are not. So if you accept that law is money, then it's not for free at all. I myself didn't have any such reservations. My first shopping trip with my basic income in Loi, that's the name of the currency, yielded me two artisanal sausages and a delicious chocolate. Yummy. Thank you so much. But surely Alan and his team didn't start this project so already well-off Swiss people can eat even more chocolate and sausages. Our vision is to be more inclusive. People who are unbanked, who have no access to financial services, who might not even have a state-issued ID document. So the idea here is really to offer a complementary way how communities can prosper without relying on the global economy for that matter. In our conversation, we dive deep into how local currencies work and Alain shows the bigger picture of such a project. But before we dive into the conversation, a short word from our sponsor. CryptoValley.jobs is a job board where engineers, designers, analysts, traders and community builders can find cool crypto jobs. Full disclosure, I run this job board. So if you're looking for a job or you want to advertise an open position, please go and visit CryptoValley.jobs. And while you're there, make sure to sign up on the email lists so you're always informed when new jobs are posted on the platform. That's CryptoValley.jobs. And now let's start the show. Anna, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Could you introduce yourself? I'm Ola Brenzikofer. Most of my career I spent with electrical engineering tasks. I learned about Bitcoin early on and was very 
curious about the new space of possibilities that opens up and since 2016 I, I also work professionally in the space and mm -hmm. so now I'm leading a development team here at Supercomputing Systems. I also one year ago co-founded the company Integrity which does data confidentiality solutions for Web3 and Web2 actually and in 2018, I came up with the idea and the white paper for Encointer. All right. Not far from here, actually, where we record, we are in Zurich. There's a coffee that is quite famous locally. And there you can pay with your own coin called Loi, which is a, a currency that you build. How do you feel when you go to that coffee and you pay with a <laughs> currency that you have created yourself? <laughs> well, it's very satisfying in a way because this idea really seems to work and to motivate other people to join in. It's also a little bit frightening in, in the sense, whoa, now it's really starting and I hope it will turn out well. So, <laughs> I mean, it is a very nice thing. Now you can walk in and pay a coffee with a community income mm -hmm. that I didn't do work for it. The, the fact that I am human was the fact that gave me this currency. And that, to me, is pretty exciting. And, and we are going into all of that that you kind of hinted at uh, right now, the basic income and also the proof of um, identity. Um, I think you have another word for that. But I wonder, when you try to onboard new people um, using that currency, let's say another coffee, or a supermarket or a service provider. What is your pitch? How do you go and introduce what you do and what loy the currency is to these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the first place, it's about the story of the loy. We can only convince people if they buy into the story because there, there have been other local currencies and some people have experience with it, some don't. Also, cryptocurrency, a lot of people have reservations about it, so we actually don't even actively inform people that it is a, a cryptocurrency, because actually it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. If we talk about governance, this becomes interesting. Mm -hmm. But but in the in every day, we, we don't talk about that. No, but so, I, I meant literally, like, let's do role-playing. Like, oh, I, right. I am right. like a person, I don't know anything about... You just walk in here in my shop and you say, hey, what do you say? Yeah, How yeah, do you yeah, onboard yeah. people? Okay, okay. Well, are, are you curious to, to learn about the new local currency here in Zurich? Um, yeah. We, we have this, this new concept where a local currency shall promote local businesses, mm -hmm. especially by finding a circular economy so that the local businesses support local suppliers and local suppliers, their suppliers and so on, mm -hmm. until it comes back through the consumers again at the store. And this way we can keep the money and the value creation more local, mm -hmm. which is good for our, for you as a, as a business owner. This means you could actually have more turnover well, that is our goal. It only works if you have more turnover because you, you accept LOI. Mm -hmm. Because you have new clients who didn't know about you before. And right now, it's kind of more consumers 
that are looking how to spend their loy. So if, if you promote your business that you will accept loy, you will get new customers, you can make more turnover. Okay, so, so what you're saying is like this loy thing is a currency that people pay me and I yes. will hand out my goods for them. Yes. But what, do I, what am I going to do with the currency? That is the very critical question that we need to answer together because we need to figure out who are your suppliers, who are your employees, what are their interests, because, well, let's start at the suppliers. For example, Sphere, the coffee, the coffee. that, that mm -hmm. accepts Loi now, they have a lot of local products that they sell. Even the coffee actually comes from a local, the, 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 the roasting of the coffee yeah. is, is, is local. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the coffee is not. It's not that hot yet. But, but <laughs> the, the, the beers are local breweries and the food that they serve is, is at least manufactured locally. Mm -hmm. with as many local goods as, as, as possible. And that is, that, these are the interesting cases, because if you serve Coca-Cola, then there's no point. It's an international, it's a global good. It doesn't promote the local economy. So you can, I mean, you can also drink a Coke uh, or whatever uh, international mm -hmm. product there, but it only works if you, with your store, also have local suppliers, that you can again pay with Loy. And then they need to again ask the same question, what part of their value chain is local and where can they get rid of the Loy? I mean, it's not the, the nicest way of putting it, but actually that's what matters. You need to somehow again get rid of the Loy because the Loy loses its value over time. That's something maybe we get into that yes. at a later point. Uh -huh. uh, and then I would probably ask, okay, people come here, they're going to consume my thing. I have them to figure out also what I'm going to do with this money, right? How many other people are onboarded at the moment with Loy? Where could I spend it? All right, so we have this cafe that we were talking about and we have a grocery store which sells local products. These are currently the only permanent acceptance stores. Mm -hmm. We had different events where at a certain day you were able to buy books or, or t-shirts, Loy t-shirts, merchandise obviously. Yeah. Um, we were at an open air festival here in Zurich where you could also use the currency we started in May and that's where we are at. We have two permanent acceptance points and we are actively looking for more. And the people who come to my store, like where do they get their loy from? Like wh why would there even be people having yeah. loy? Well, right now you have, you have different kinds. The, the, the ones who are just curious to try it out and they could go to Sphere and buy loy from Sphere, kind of just ask them, hey, you actually accept Loy, so you can, you can sell me some. Yeah. So that's kind of an intro, and then they can come to your shop. But at the moment, the most interesting way of, of obtaining Loy is actually the, the community-issued income. The Loy is designed with its monetary design that it is actually issued not by a bank or not by miners or not by any central or more powerful authority, it is actually from the bottom up. So the new money is issued as a, you, know, you can call it the basic income actually, 
We call it a community-issued income, just because if you talk about universal basic income, that means something slightly different. And actually, um, the other day I was there at one of these, you call it ceremonies, right? Yes. And it looks like people standing there with their phones, uh, you could think they're probably there for, to hunt Pokemons or something. <laughs> However, the clientele or the people that were there at that moment, they were so different to every crypto encounter I've ever been. Like usually I go to, I don't know, conferences, meetups, and there's just like these geeks there for the tech, and then there's like the finance guys that say that they're there for the tech, but they just want to make money. And then there's like the NFT person who is shilling a project. But there I showed up and like half of the people there were women in their 30s. I think one was a couple therapist. She is kind of thinking about introducing Loy into her business. Yes. And it looked like people who are not normally interested in crypto. How yes. would you describe yes. who are the people currently interested in yeah, it, it's, it's funny that you, you, you said that on, on Tuesday at the ceremony and I thought, yeah, well, actually, uh, I think the majority of the people that have LOI now are not at all into crypto or probably don't hold any uh, crypto. And I think that's also how we promote the project, because we don't at the forefront say, hey, this is the new cryptocurrency. So. What you, what you said about diversity, so to say, is actually it was a very important goal for us. So we started this currency with just 10 people and we carefully selected to have a, well, as well as we could represent the genders equally, the ages equally, and I mean, obviously not where people live, because that's kind of the common, uh, the common ground. But we also in terms of interest, so we had really developers there, but also we have entrepreneurs or people from the more informal sector that are more or less self-employed and maybe of offering person-to-person -person services, be it massage or therapy of any kind, or, 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 and also businesses. So we also wanted to have the businesses on the receiver side to, to, to experience that as well. Also, if you use it, our app tries not to look like a crypto wallet. And so I think you, you don't actually have to know that it is a cryptocurrency. And, and that's probably why people are not afraid to use it, mm -hmm. who are so, not familiar with, with yeah. crypto. And, and I think, I'm not even sure if you mentioned it now, but why do people show up at this place, right. uh, at this ceremony? What is happening there? Yes, the yes, yes, yes. Ah, yeah, that, that, that needs explanation. <laughs> we want to create a new money which is issued as a basic income. And we don't accept the central authority to do that. So if it's the state, the state could give out the basic income and just say, well, you show me your ID and I give you the basic income. Now, that doesn't work for us because we don't care about identity cards. We don't even care about your citizenship. As long as you live in Zurich, you should have LOI if you, if you want, if you, if you go get it. But now the problem is, how can we make sure that every person only claims that basic income once? That's kind of a very hard problem in the, in the decentralized space. It's, it's called cyber resistance. So how can you make sure that one person only maintains one claiming account? Mm -hmm. 
And there comes to mind that picture, you've probably seen it on the internet, where there's like a, a gentleman walking around with like 50 phones. And I don't really know what he's doing, if he's hunting <laughs> Pokemon and selling them, or, but, but there yeah. are people who have like farms yeah. of phones well, that they would take advantage of. Click that, right? farms, whatever, you, all, all the reputation systems that we, that we see, not, not only in, in Web3, also in Web2 we have this issue. Yeah, it's, in, it's in the online, yeah, exactly, yeah. reviews, ratings. We, we always have that issue. And there have been different ideas how we can solve this problem and we chose probably the most secure one, but one that asks a lot of our users. We use the fact that one person can only be in one place at one time. So that is why we need physical gatherings of people who mutually attest each other that they were there. So the kind of the attendance. And we, we actually, the, the idea is that we do that globally so that all local currencies, all people show up on the same day and, and meet at those, at those gatherings. And, and then it's a bit like a PGP key signing party. It's, it's, it's just, or, or less technically speaking, you have your phone which has your account as a, as a QR code, mm -hmm. you scan everybody's QR code, and by doing so and sending that to our backend blockchain, you testify that the other people were there. Yeah. And now the, the trick is you don't know in advance who you're going to meet. So you have in, in, in advance, you need to register. So until two days before you need to register and then you are randomly assigned two meetups of around 10 people. So at, at different publicly accessible spaces here in one neighborhood of Zurich, for now, the app will tell you where you have to show up at what time and then you have to be very punctual. So you have to go somewhere physically, meet people you don't know, you might not know, and be punctual. So that's what we are asking. Sounds so, like a dating app. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, but without swiping, because yeah. you, can, you cannot choose. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you, I was, at, uh, yes, two days ago there, and w what we did was we were six, and everybody had to put in their wallet how many people are there. Everybody had to say six. And then I had to scan five other people and all these other five people had to scan me. Everybody scanned everybody. Yes. Then we had to basically click a button, say submit. And today I woke up and I received for the first time ever my basic income, 22 loy. Yes. Which currently are worth 22 francs. Yes. Question, why... Where, how is the value determined of these loy? Because, and you also mentioned that they were created out of thin air, right? I mean, yes. they were just now issued the global amount of all loy grew overnight by I don't know how much, but currently we have around 3,000 maybe. Three and a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the market cap, we're talking about a very small project at the moment, guys, is around, I don't know, 3,000, three and a half yeah, thousand yeah. Swiss francs. Yes. Uh, yeah, so just to say that this is really early, this is very experimental, just to give a little bit of context as well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, well, I mean, you're hinting at it, but by design, you will never get rich with this, with this coin. So that, as a side note. But now, why, why would it get value? Um, 
So if we create a basic income with a new with a new currency, then well, anyone can do that. Why would that token have any value at all? What we can do is we can make that resource rare in the sense that yeah, you need really humans who uh, participate in this protocol regularly so that this money can be issued. But even then, even if it's rare, why should it have value? You can, you can issue whatever which is rare. If no one wants it, it doesn't have value. So the idea is more or less a social contract. Well, that's our hypothesis, that everyone benefits if we have a local currency the stores or anyone offering services or products, they can have a higher turnover, so they might accept it. And now by accepting the loy, the value is created. Mm-hmm. Because if we say, so we, we talked to Sphere. Sphere was the, the first place and we, we said, well, look, for simplicity, we just say one loy is one Swiss franc. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, sure, that makes everything a little bit easier. But this is not, this is a design choice and, and the community can change this choice anytime. Sphere could say, you know what, from now on, one law is two francs because we would have mo- rather have more. Or they could say, hey, we have so many law and we cannot spend them anywhere. We will only accept them for 50 cents or, you know, so, so this is, it is really just in the beginning, it's a social contract which says Sphere promises to accept Loy as one Swiss franc. But you could do it differently. You could say the baker always accepts Loy and gives you one loaf of bread for one Loy. Okay. And then that's what gives the Loy its value. It's the commitments to do some work in return for that currency. It's actually, it's, it's no different than with the Swiss franc. Mm-hmm. But by design, so currently it might be one loy equals one Swiss franc, but by design, there's nothing like stabilizing it to, it's not a stable coin. It's not. It's just a cryptocurrency that is issued. And that happens to be stable. That happens to be stable at the moment <laughs> with, with so yes, few players, yes, right? Yes, uh, yes. And we have to see how this will play out into the future. Because, and I think this is also kind of a little bit mind-bending for me, because everybody who shows up with the lawyers, they have gotten them for free, basically. They just had to show yes. up, right? I have now 22 francs. This gives me a nice meal every 10 days. I could basically go to fairs and get like a, a meal there. Yep. And some people even yeah. were hesitating to spend the loy, saying, I have a bad conscience. I don't want to, you know, take enrich advantage. myself, take yeah. advantage of Sphere just bec- because they offer that. Uh-huh. And, and then I have to say, well, why do you think they are, they are giving you this as a present? They are not. So if you accept that law is money, then it's not for free at all. It's our social agreement that humans merit a share in the money supply just by the fact of being human. That's different to the Swiss franc. With the Swiss franc, we don't have that. With the Swiss franc, the state takes care of redistribution. With law, it's the algorithm that takes care of redistribution. 
And with the algorithm comes also great responsibility, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I think one thing we haven't touched upon yet is the other day I was looking into my Loy account and I've noticed that literally the amount of Loy I have has somehow overnight, you know, diminished. I think it was like I had at the time five Loy and suddenly I had like 4.98 Loy. Yes. And I thought I, have, I had interacted with the blockchain and therefore I paid some loy for gas, basically for the, for the decentralized system. However, you told me that's not the case. You make the money by design flowing out of your wallet. Why yes. is that? Yes. So that's a thing we call it demurrage, or, or it is commonly known under that name. It's a, it's a concept that originates from Silvio Gesell already, well, a, a long time ago. And the idea is to keep the money flowing. So if everything we are used to in our world is perishable, money isn't. And why is that? By introducing Demirage, we say that money is perishable like everything else. And that actually incentivizes people to spend the money rather than to save. And if you want to promote the local economy, that's exactly what you want to do. If you want to get rich with a crypto asset, that's exactly not what you would like to see. But that's not our goal. So here the idea is really to keep the money flowing. You should never think you have to save that money. And if you think about it, why are we saving? Because we think we will need it somewhere in the future. But if there is a basic income, which, I mean, 22 loy will not be enough. But I mean, just like speaking on the concept of basic income. If you know that for the rest of your life, your essential needs will be covered, then the need to save is not so urgent. And so this is a design choice that money loses value over time. But we go pretty far in that sense because other local currencies, they have something like, you know, 2% every quarter or something like that. And the loy... Of the mirage. Of the mirage, yeah. yes. Uh, so maybe you're or in the order of maybe 10%, a bit more per year that your money loses value. For us, we have a halving rate of a year. So if you your 22 loy that you got today after the ceremony on, on Tuesday, if you don't spend them, if you just leave your phone as it is and in a year from now, you check your balance, it will be 11. So it will be half the amount. So and it's quite quick, it's quite aggressive. It right? is a very aggressive demurrage. And uh -huh. the idea is that this actually enables us a sustainable design of basic income. Because if, if you think about it, if, if we issue a basic income every 10 days, that's a very, very inflationary design because the money supply will grow and grow and grow every 10 days. Yeah, especially as a lot of people want to get that money and onboard yes. and, and start yes. to use well, it, right? But that, that is adoption. That's fine. If you have inflation because of adoption, then actually I'm fine with that. Okay. But if we have, let's say, 10,000 people here participating a steady population, then we don't want the money supply to increase all the time because then, then we would be in, in the state of inflation. So somehow we need to limit or 
I mean, it's our choice to limit it because we would like to see more or less stable prices. And now this can sustainably be done with Demirage because as soon as these 10,000 people have attended, I don't know, let's say 50 ceremonies or something like that, then the amount of Demirage will burn the same amount of tokens that will be issued. So 10,000 basic incomes will be the same which is burned from every, from every account. And then the money supply will be stable and therefore we can also, well, this is no guarantee for stable prices, so there are other factors in economy about that, but at least we have kind of a sustainable model how we can finance the basic income. Mm -hmm. And now you can tune that, so, so, so you, now, you, you now have a, a parameter that you can tune to how important should the basic income be. Mm -hmm. Because if you have less demirage, then the amount of basic income will be smaller in respect to the money supply which is there. And if you have a higher demirage, that means the real value of your basic income is higher compared to the money supply. And so that's for all communities to decide. So if someone else wants to do the same with our protocol, they can choose different parameters. Yeah. And I think that that's important and we have to stress that, that here in Zurich, people are banked and they don't actually need Loy, right? No, no. You didn't build it for Zurich. No, you want not at to all. test it here. <laughs> yes. What is the vision? Who should use this system? Our vision is to be more inclusive globally speaking. People who are unbanked, who have no access to financial services, who might not even have a state-issued ID document. So, in a sense, they will be cut off of a lot of financial services and, and that will hamper the growth of their communities. And they might live in failed states who are not able to maintain a, a good money system and they will be very reliant on that. They are also very reliant on macroeconomic changes because we are so globalized in the sense also our, our monetary design is so globalized. So we, we all think in dollars if we, if we think internationally. But that means that if, if there is a big change globally, that will affect even communities who, who don't really have a lot of exchange globally. So the idea here is really to offer a complementary way how communities can themselves ensure that they can prosper without relying on the global economy for that matter. And a bit more to the decentralized space speaking, our vision is to include the 95% who today cannot even afford the transaction fees. You mean like in, in the blockchain space right now, if you, you let's say Ethereum or Bitcoin, yeah. you cannot afford to make a single transaction because it's so expensive. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So other, other also philanthropic projects, they suffer from the fact that they cannot avoid to pay those gas fees. In 2021, it was very common to pay something like 20 to $50 for one transaction of, of an ERC-20 token. That is more than 60% of the, of the world earn per day. And 
So they will have other things that they spend their money on and not Ethereum gas fees. And that is why we promote purchasing power adjusted fees. And we can do that if we issue local currencies with a basic income, then it's automatically purchasing power adjusted. Because you get, you, you, you kind of, every, every human being, well, which lives somewhere where Encointer can be used, can get an allowance of the gas token, so to say. I think we haven't mentioned it. This is all running on Kusama. Yes. Which is the Polkadot, I said it before, test chain, but you don't like it's not, no, it's, it's not. It's not a test <laughs> network. What is it? Is it yeah, <laughs> but it is the more adventurous chain, so to yes, say. Yes, yes. Where they do more experiments. And why can this blockchain do what other blockchain can't in terms of like, why can they offer such cheap fees? Yeah, so now, now it might get a little technical. <laughs> so um, Kusama or, or Polkadot for that matter, that is a shared security chain of chains. You have the relay chain, they call it, which you can understand as the layer zero. It doesn't have a lot of functionality. It's just there for security. So that's where you have a proof of stake protocol with its, well, pretty high market cap which secures that relay chain. And the Polkadot protocol allows so-called parachains who don't need to charge gas fees as you would do it with a smart contract on Ethereum, but you have to obtain a slot. The slots are rare, so you have maybe 100, 100 blockchains which can all benefit from the entire security of the overall network without actually having their own tokenomics necessarily. Most of them have their own tokenomics, but you don't need to. So, and if you obtain such a slot, usually they, they are auctioned and people apply and they raise with a crowd loan, they raise in, uh, in, in investors' funds and give them something in return. With our project, it was different we were given such a parachain slot, well, for free, so to say, because we are considered to be a common good, which means that the ecosystem thinks what we are doing actually benefits the entire ecosystem, and we prove that we don't have a business model with it. And that's why we get a common good slot. And now that we have that slot, we have for on Kusama, it's for one year. We have a amount of, of computing power, least, actually. And we can define how we do the fees, how we charge for that computing power, how we use that computing power. So it's not like Ethereum smart contracts. They, they meter every single instruction of the smart contract. The more computation you do, the more you have to pay. And that is a design which works well if you need to manage a scarce resource. But if this is a global system, then that just means it will only be there for those who can pay the most. And with the parachain that we have on Kusama, we can benefit from the security that this kind of crypto tokenomics actually secures. So it's a little bit paradox, right? We, we, the security that we rely on is based on, on a highly capitalistic model, but this ecosystem agrees that 
there are common goods which should be there and which cannot sustainably finance themselves. So the community has to give out some resources to such projects. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I mean, that's yeah. highly interesting to me to just see that because it, is, it, it was a coin voting granting us a slot for free. So the more money you have on Kusama, the more you can vote, the, the, the higher the power of your vote. But still, uh, the outcome of that vote was, yeah, well, we accept you here as a common good, mm-hmm. even if there is no direct return for it. That's interesting. And I think there's many interesting things that are kind of like a little bit paradox in yeah. uh, what you just mentioned. So you think global, you want to go global, but you, you put the effort on the economy should be local, yes. right? So like there's like this little bit dichotomy, how do you say it? Yeah, like this. Yeah, well, I mean, there is this saying, think global, act local, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I can already hear critics, especially like Bitcoiners, right? And, and they are claiming to serve the same market. People who have shitty tokenomics, so to say, fiat money in their countries, yeah. they should have this hard money, the store of value, right? They would probably say, um, you created something that is only like very locally usable, right? Like, and even locally, the penetration will not be 100%, so I can not really use it a lot. Plus, it's losing money by design. That's like, for them, it's like the shitcoin definition. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do Absolutely. You, how do you... Well, if you, if you look at it as an investment target, then yes, it's a shitcoin, of course. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, I don't care. But if you look at it from its social impact, then it's quite the opposite because Bitcoin actually tries to do something completely different. The way Bitcoin is designed is just very asocial. It's always this game which we already see in the world that who has money will have even more money tomorrow. And there is nothing in Bitcoin which would prevent that from happening. To the contrary, Switzerland has very high inequality actually, but we have a state which redistributes wealth. Bitcoin doesn't have that. In a way, it's really two opposites. Yeah. Do you know It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Have you heard about this show? Yeah, uh, no, I haven't. No. And, and in one episode, let, let's, let's listen to this clip because it's about self-sustaining economy. So they have a bar. <laughs> they run a bar in Philadelphia and they yep. always do things. And now they printed kind of dollars yep. Yeah, for, for the bar, kind of almost like vouchers. Let's see. Nice doing business with you, huh? All right, okay, Shanty. Buddy. Enjoy it. All right, enjoy yourselves. Boom! Okay. Hey, we I did think it. we made every single one of our patties dollars back, You're buddy. damn right. Thus creating the self-sustaining economy we've been looking for. That's right. How much fresh cash did we make? Fresh cash? Yes. Uh, well, zero. Zero if you're talking about U.S. currency. People didn't really seem interested in spending any of that. That's okay. So uh, when they run out of the booze, they'll come back in and they'll have to buy more patties dollars. Right. Keeping uh, it moving. That is assuming, of course, that they will come back here and drink. They will. They will, because we'll redistribute these to the shanties, thus ensuring them coming back in, keeping the money moving. Well, no, but if we just redistribute these, then people will continue to drink for free. Okay. How does this work, Mac? The money keeps moving in a circle. But, but we don't have any money. All we have is this. How does this work, I dude? don't know. I thought you... I thought knew. you... What? I thought you were on top of this. You're the one that came up with the plan. I can... 
Did I come up with this last one? night, dude? Oh, with well, the DMB power uh, card. I and blacked the... out. I blacked out that night. Shit, dude, I've been following your lead. Oh, Jesus. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, okay. So we have no money and no inventory. There's still something we can do. That's still a business somehow. How does DMBs do it? I think I got a complicated system worked out, and I, I cannot begin to understand it. How does a self-sustaining economy work? I don't understand how the U.S. economy works, much less a, some sort of self-sustaining one. I don't understand how finances work. Shots for everybody! I, th I don't know. I just thought about... Uh, I've seen this on Reddit once when they were talking about yeah. self-sustaining economies. And the thing it raises... I mean, it's obviously a, a comedy, and... Maybe there's something... Well, it raises a very legit question. How does it actually work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already tried to address it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But always when I try to think about like where this is ending up, I see the burden being on the people accepting the money in this scenario. Or, or what do you, what do, what, what do you well, think? It, it, it depends on, on how you look at it, because if you... Here in, the, in this comedy, they didn't make any US dollar turnover. And then, yeah, how should they pay their rent, right? That, that doesn't work. Yeah. So you need to start off with a certain turnover that people already have before they join Deloitte or, or such, such a community currency. And then the idea is just that the, the marginal cost of offering more services is actually very small. So you already have a cafe. You already have your supplies and you make that much turnover. Mm -hmm. If you now could have more customers, uh, then you could, uh, just because you accept the loy, then it wouldn't, you would, your expenses would not raise by much, but you would have more turnover. So that means that actually you, if you, if you accept the loy one-to-one, that means even if you cannot get rid of Deloitte for one Swiss franc, but maybe for 80 cents, uh, then you still have a gain. Because and people come and they spend more than they actually have, or they, they're more in, or they come more often, they get to they, know they your spend service. It, well, I mean, in a way, they spend it in your place instead of in a different place. And the local economy story would be that people consume more locally than globally or regionally. And that's actually why it promotes local economy. Mm -hmm. um, because people want to get rid of the loy before they spend. So if you have loy, first you spend the loy because it loses value. Mm -hmm. And you can only spend the loy for local goods. So you, you satisfy your needs with loy, which you could otherwise also well, a, a cafe is something which is very local anyway, but if we go to the suppliers, it gets interesting because now the cafes which have more local value in, their, in the goods that they sell, they will have the better chances of, again, spending the loy that they earn because the others, their suppliers, have a higher chance of or, or a higher motivation to accept loy if they are local as well and can then again spend it locally. Mm -hmm. So so that's that's how it works. So it's not it's not magic in the sense of I mean these guys here they are they are actually issuing their own money. You you can do that and, and I think it, it even makes a lot of sense to give out vouchers 
Because you can, I mean, pop currencies have been very successful, actually, in times of recessions. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. that I, I think it must have been in the UK somewhere, where in times of economic hardship, it was... I mean, yeah, like they say, where, where do people go? They, they go to the pub. Okay. So actually the pub is a, is a good place where you, where you meet the people, where you also can spread new ideas or where you, for example, can uh, use self-issued money to increase the liquidity in the, in the economy. And that's, and that's, these were the very successful local currencies actually during times of depression. There was in, in Austria, in, in Virgil, was the very famous example during the, the Great Depression in the 30s, where a community, they lost all their jobs because no one could pay them for their work. And then the mayor said, well, okay, you know what? We as a community, we issue new money and we finance infrastructure pro projects with that. Okay. So now the workers, they, they couldn't get the shilling, but they could get the Arbeschein, so the, the, this local currency. <laughs> and so at least they had work, the community had infrastructure being built, and now the story can work if you can now get something for that money. And that was what went really well there, because it was, I think it was the wife of the mayor who started accepting it for tailoring dresses. And then people realized, hey, this can actually work because I, I earned something and now I can spend that money for a good which I couldn't even afford otherwise. Mm -hmm. even, even before I did work, but I cannot afford this. And now they can. And, and, and so if the money keeps circulating, not only between the consumers and one acceptance point, that is, that is a very critical setup yeah. in, this, in, this com in, the, in this comedy, then, then it can work. Okay. And let's now dream and, you know, like everything turns out as you imagine in your wildest dreams. Like paint that picture. How is the world looking like? If Encointer takes off and these local currencies are implemented worldwide in all kinds of different local communities. Let's paint this picture, like what is the hope there? How does the world look like if, that's, if this thing takes off? Um, I, th I think it, it, this will be a world where people are more aware of how the economy works and that they can actually influence how it works. So I'm not, you know, maybe we achieve our goal of lowering inequality. So that is kind of the aim we set out to, to achieve. Big goal, huh? It's a, it's, a, it's a big, well, we're not, you know, we're not aiming at equality, you know, that's not the point, but equal opportunity is, is what we are aiming for. And, and so it should not be inheritance that makes you rich. It should be, it should rather be achievement in such a system, right? So, but lowering inequality increases the quality of life of everyone. The higher you have inequality, the more the rich need to fear violence from the poor and the more the poor feel oppressed. And it's kind of a vicious cycle because they cannot achieve anything. They will always be beaten upon. I mean, this is really, <laughs> well, wishful thinking maybe. But I mean, it's, if we only achieve a tiny bit of that, 
and only for a fraction of the communities in the world, then it was already worth my while. What I think is interesting is it seems to be also the philosopher you mentioned before, I forgot the name, the, steward, the guy with, who came up with the... Gisele. Gisele. Oh, okay. Oh, he, he, he actually was a merchant. Not the, a merchant? Yeah, yeah oh, he was okay. a merchant. So his interest was to make more turnover, and that's why he made the, the money lose value, yes. <laughs> but it seems to be sometimes like, you know, like old ideas... Somehow, like the inspiration is all kind of like coming up again with a new package or like re have a revival now as yeah. also the blockchain te technology uh, gives uh, now this playground of experimenting with different currencies and money systems. And there's even people, you know, trying to do the same with states, right? Like doing this kind of like experimental states and, yeah. and see which system really works best. Because I think we also have to remember that most of the fiat money systems have failed and have collapsed and what seems stable now to us actually if you zoom out is kind of also new and also experimental so they have always that's, been experiments I, I think i think that's the exciting thing about it all right we have a new tool and people have various and very contradicting even ideas of how it can be used yeah. and yeah I, I i just find that uh, exciting and and it really opens up possibilities that were not there before. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, let's take the example of local currencies. Previously, you had to print bills if you wanted to do a local currency or coins. That's a lot of work, a lot of logistics and a lot of, well, money because it needs to be resistant to forgery. It's not, you know, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot yeah. of work. And that actually hampers the local currency because you somehow need to maintain that cost. And I mean, we also have infrastructure that needs to be paid for, but it's a fraction of the effort, especially because we get a common good parachain slot. So other people are actually paying for the infrastructure that we use, to be honest. Yeah, but one thing that shocked me actually a little bit on your um, presentation the other day was you mentioned one incident a couple of weeks back. Yes where people lost all their loy because you have a kill switch, can I say that, built in the loy? Yeah. So basically you can kill all the loy. Well, I mean, it's not a kill switch, it's actually meant, it's more like a garbage collection feature. <laughs> okay. Because the concept of meeting places and doing ceremonies occupies some land. Like here in Zurich, it's one neighborhood, and this neighborhood is now occupied. You cannot have another local currency exactly in the same locations because we need to ensure a minimal distance between locations. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you could run to the other place and attend twice. It's exclusive in a geographical sense. Well, at least pretty exclusive. And that means if someone starts a new community but doesn't care too much and actually there are no active users, then we should get rid of that. You know, then, then we should garbage collect those communities and free up the space for, for other ideas, for other people. And now it was a bug in our blockchain logic which thought that the Loi community is not active. But that means there is a centralized power because you can decide, okay, I'm going to trash this community because they are kind of like, you know, kind of invading this other space. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. 
And, but isn't that like very against the crypto ethos of like it should be immutable and you shouldn't have this power? It's a lot well, of power. Well, it is. The, the, the history is immutable. And that, that was actually, that's an interesting uh, fact about the problem that we had, because how, how did we solve it? The problem we faced was, here is this community, we have all the history, we know what the balances are, but the community doesn't exist anymore on the current state of the chain. So the, the law that didn't exist anymore, so, so the committee around the law said, okay, let's start a new community and call it the same also loy and we just issued in the first round so much basic income that we could recreate the entire money supply for that community and because we knew the balances of the, the people had we just redistributed it exactly as it was before and then we reduced the basic income back to 22 loy and everything was as before and all that people had to do is just reselect the loy community because I mean, the, the, the hash or the identifier of the community changed, but everything else is the same. Yeah. But the, looking at attack vectors, if I would, let's say, I say I'm going to do this in Brazil because I have relation to Brazil, I want to do this in a community there. Then I could say, I mean, if I would be a bad actor, what could I do? I could, my council, so to say, my group could go and before everybody's onboarded, have really high issuance of those tokens, make a ceremony distributed to us. It's almost like a pre-mine. It's pre-mine, yeah. And then start onboarding people and we would be super rich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, that, but but that, why? I mean, why would, yeah, why would people <laughs> join your, your pre-mined Because uh, I say, community. hey, it's free money. You get it for free. Just yeah, okay, okay, okay. I mean, the receiver side of the basic income, yes. But how, how do you convince the, 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 the shop owners to accept it? That's, that's the same, yeah, that's the big question. Like, <laughs> but, but that's so, the bottleneck but, also. But that's no? what I say. We can only build on transparency. So you know what happened in the past. Everybody can see what, who, who got the basic income or, I mean, which pseudonym got the basic income. How high the money supply is at what time, that's all, that's all transparent. Yeah. Um, and, um, Just the merchant, they don't have this know-how. I mean, I'm sure that the people from Yes, the you're absolutely right. No and idea. we are back at person-to-person -person trust. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, I think, and it, it's, it's, maybe it's the beauty of it. <laughs> That's beautiful, but if, I mean, if people want to abuse it, and you've seen the NFT space, the rock pool space, I mean, yes. if this would take off, the smart you know, people why, would why, take advantage of that, yes, right? Yes, but you know, why, why did those frauds work? It's because we are in an anonymous online space, global, you have no way of enforcing your rights yeah. in that space. If I go to Sphere and, and, and I tell them something which is not true and I make them lose money, then, well, then they just draw me to court and they will get justice. Mm -hmm. And so local, you know, even if we decentralize the issuance, a local currency is always bound to a local jurisdiction. So this, this makes it very different from other, yeah, well, global, global cryptocurrencies who are their own jurisdiction, so to say. Yeah. No, that's great. Or do you have like a, a call to action? Say what? The call to action. Should people yes, do? Yes, definitely. Build a community where you live. 
because that that will make our our concept grow. Zurich is just a pioneer uh, community, and we support communities that that want to start the same thing. And how how that's yeah that's a strong call to action. How would one go? Um, yeah, we have an onboarding that. process because, as I said before, the Encounter Association kind of guides the process of onboarding new communities, and we have. A, I think it's a seven-step procedure where you first show interest, maybe one person in one place shows interest, and then we start kind of a, a, new, uh, a new ticket. And then you need to, to perform certain steps. You need to convince other people, you need to play with our test net, and then you show us your, your kind of marketing strategy. What is the story that you want to tell the people? Who is your first acceptance place? We can just assist by educating people how we did it, what did work and what didn't work. And we can help with technical questions, obviously. That's just the process that, that we can go through. And if you're at the end of the process, then we will, we will register your, your community. And then you, all you need is to download the Encounter Wallet app and get started. Mm -hmm. So what is a good size of a, of a community? If you want to start, I would say you really need 10 people as diverse as it can get from your community, in the best case with very different social networks so that you can reach a lot of people. I don't think it makes a lot of sense of starting without having an acceptance point because then people don't really see why they should participate. And then what we do is kind of we have social meetups where we kind of tell about the progress, where we educate people, where we invite. We invited two, two economists to talk about money, the nature of money, of local currencies and whatsoever. In the end, people like to meet in person and we can use that and tell our story, by the way, <laughs> of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. And where, where can people get in touch with you and if, if they're interested in starting such a community? Well, go to encounter.org. There you find all the information. If you're still a little bit shy and don't want to start your own community, you can just join the newsletter. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I think that's the best place to start. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If you are still listening, chances are that you liked this episode. DeFi is not just me, it's also you, the listener. And growing this podcast is seriously one of the toughest challenges I've ever undertaken. But each day, there are more listeners joining and together we can spread the word about DeFi by giving it five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Send this episode to a friend who might be interested. Check out the website, visit defire.money and click on subscribe to get the new episodes and in the future also blog posts directly into your inbox. Also make sure to follow me on Twitter at defiremoney. All of this helps so we can continue to produce more episodes more frequently and get the most interesting guests that you deserve. Good night and see you soon. <laughs>